apparently Skype's telling me to avoid legal snags by telling people. So. By telling people what? By telling people they're being recorded. So just so you know, I am recording this conversation for the purposes of future litigation against you. Mm. Possibly. Uh -huh. nice, nice little game tonight. I got like a, a list of uh, um, what I got here. Yeah, so how much of it did you watch? Watch? Were you like listening to a bit? Um, I watched the last period and I listened to the first two periods. It's because it was a late game and I sort of had an opportunity to maybe watch the game. Everyone was asleep. Nice. So I was able to tune in and watch the third period. And I listened yeah. to the first two. We didn't look amazing in the third period. I mean, like, we, uh, we looked pretty good, though. I got to be honest. Like, I, I thought when uh, Vancouver scored the first goal, I was like, okay, well, you know, they have the better team. But we were really, we were definitely in it when, like, in a way we kind of didn't have any business being in it, in a way. Because, like, who did we play? Like, who was, who was the, like, the Oilers lineup, even? Like, nobody. So we yeah. Yoko Marodi Curry. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Grandlin Cave Russell. So Grandlin is an NHLer, okay. Benson McLeod Hebig. Like no one's even heard of Hebig. Gambardella <laughs> Malone Peluso, like like tweener or like uh, what's the word? It's not tweener. Bubble Bubble. And then Peluso, all I can think about when I hear that name is how awesome the Sopranos was. Like what a great show. Great show. But you know Brandon Manning was in the game tonight in the third pair. It's like what, yeah. what, what chances you give Brandon Manning of making the Edmonton Oilers out of training camp as a seventh defenseman? Like, it seems like it would be pretty crazy if that happened. Yeah, so, I mean, he hasn't done anything. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he hasn't stood out thus yeah. far. Okay. The good news is I'm uh, I'm I'm avoiding a legal snag by telling you right now that I am recording you. Yeah, um, you already told me that. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying for future litig litig litigatory. Is litigatory a word, do you think? I don't know. This all makes me very nervous. <laughs> so this is what we're going to do, okay? We're going to talk about the hockey game. Mm. We're going to talk about some other stuff. And uh, we're just going to enjoy life. See, I feel bad because there's like someone sleeping with like an open door right now. Yeah. They're a very heavy sleeper, though. So hopefully this just sounds like someone in their dream is talking to them about hockey. What do you think? Of, what did you think of Grandland? I guess you only saw the third period. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see him at all. I definitely noticed him. Um, did you like our first power play? Like, like the moment we got that first power play, I was just like, it reminded me of like how many how how many times like we deserved a power play and like didn't get any. Like, like what the fuck is with the refs the last couple of years? Like not giving the Oilers like any any power plays at all. Well, we have Connie. So what, what? What is that? But what? What the fuck? Like, what difference does that make? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It does seem to be the logic, though. Like, yeah. like, it seems like that's the logic. Yes, I mean, like, I don't know why that's the case, but like, that's the reason, right? Like, the refs. If you were a ref, and like, anytime you were refing a game with Connie, <laughs> with Connie in it, you would just be like, "Ah, yeah, fuck this team!" Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yes, there's something like that. Something along those lines. You're you're on the right track there because like, it's the only. Like Connie isn't even like on our team. We're not getting like it's not even in the lineup. It's just like yeah, whatever. Like this this other this other team got four power plays and the Oilers get none. Like we have a lot of games like that. I know. Well, I think like the like I think everybody re really hates the Oilers. Like I think just because of the cups. Just like for so many reasons. Like we're such a pain in the ass to get to. Like it fucking sucks. 
like nobody likes the Oilers. Like I think we're really, really despised. Like I've like I've said before, like when we look at other teams that were derided, like when I was a kid, like Hartford, Quebec, we're that team, like times a million. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's definitely with all. You think it has something to do with like the four in a row first overall picks? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that would definitely grind my gears if I was like any other hockey fan for sure. Oh my god! Like gosh. the refs, the refs need to fucking like we we seriously have the worst officiating <laughs> of like any sport in like the history of sports. Mm, I mean, it's like it's an untenable situation. Like eventually, we need to find a way where it's like just obvious, obvious penalties are called. I guess so, but I mean, hockey is a really strange game. Like, so much like the refs in hockey control the game more than any other sport. Oh, so true. It's so true. It's insane too, because like apparently none of them have like any skill or ethics. <laughs> Man, did you yeah. see Samarukov tonight? Like, Samarukov's going to be a fucking player someday. He's not going to be a player this year, but like that dude. Phew. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. Well, I'm like Russian guys in general, Russian players. Like I always, my expectations for them are always very, very high and much, much different than my expectations of, of um, feasibility for like any other player. Like for a Russian to, to meet my standards, they have to bring like a very special spice to the game. Mm. And he brings that special spice. He might have that, yeah. Some Russian guys definitely have that special spice. That special Russian ingredient. But, like, Russian defensemen, there's actually not that many Russian defensemen. Like, if yeah, you ex- run a search on, like, the number of, like, Russian defensemen in the league, it's, like, there's, like, eight or something. Crazy. Yeah. Not very many. But, like, I think... Uh, like, I, I like I like the players we've taken out of Russia the last few years. Like, he's a really nice one. The Konovalov, Alev, Alev, Alev. Yeah, I think... Like, I think we might I have love like... Actually, I just want to say really quickly, we said some racist stuff last last uh, podcast. I mean, or I think stuff that could have been construed as such. And I just want to go on the record right now with my anti-racism rant here. So this is the thing, right? Yeah. Racism is bullshit, 100%. Okay? Absolutely. Everyone, you know, we, we, have, we have ethnicities, we have backgrounds, we have culture, history, we have Absolutely. language, etc. But like, race is a myth. Racism is bullshit. And as far as I'm concerned... It's not enough to not be a racist. People are obsessed with this idea of like, are you calling me a racist? Do you think I'm a racist? I'm not a racist. It's like, look, mm-hmm. just forget that. Forget whether you're a racist or not a racist. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, if you're not anti-racism, if you're not actively committed to the idea that racism is bullshit and it needs to go away completely at some point soon, mm-hmm. ASAP, ASAP, yeah. as, as soon as feasibly possible, yeah. then like, I'm not on your side. Like, It's not enough to be like, Oh, I'm not a racist. You may think I'm a racist, but like I'm not. It's like, yeah, well, are you anti-racist? Are you against racism? When you have a chance to speak out or act out against racism, is that something you do? Because like if you're not anti-racism, go fucking jump in a lake, bro. Yeah. You're not not on my team. Yeah. It's like seriously, like fucking like you're gonna tell Jujar Kara he's like less of a person because he's like from like South Asia or like fucking like anybody else from being from anywhere, like yeah, I mean, maybe they're a dick, but there's dicks from everywhere. Like, everyone has an equal, like, chance of being a dick. Well, I would say there's dicks from everywhere, and I would also say that everyone is a dick. That's sort of true. Yeah, Like, that's I'll, very, take, that's it one, I'll take it one step further. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very true. Anyways, just wanted to get that out there in case anyone construed my comments about, you know, the corruption in the Continental Hockey League, or, like, various <laughs> comments others made about someone's ethnic heritage. <laughs> yeah, just good call. Just gotta get that out of the way. Yeah, just good make call. sure. Good call. So, 
Okay, I'm, so uh, I'm yeah. with you there. Oh, I know I'm, you are. <laughs> I fucking hope so. Like, I'm uh, glad. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you said something. <laughs> I'm glad you said you, something. Can you imagine if you were like, if you argued with me right now? It's like, dude, I've known you for like 20 years, and like now I'm finding this out. Like that episode of Peep Show where like Mark makes a friend, but he like turns out to be a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Anyways. I think your comments about the KHL, though, like that's that's true. There's some, isn't there's it? some like, corruption in the KHL. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's like rife with corruption. I mean, isn't you it? know, there's a like there's corruption all around. Like, you think there isn't corruption enough in Canada or America or like Western Europe? Like, give me a break, bro. It's like this this is varying degrees and to varying extents everywhere. Sure, sure. But it certainly it seems like it's maybe a little higher in Russia right now. But maybe that's some <laughs> part of master plan that like Putin's hatched up with like, you know the the KGB super planners who like are going to take that like oligarch money and like buy all the tanks in North Korea and take over the world. North Korea has got a shit ton of tanks. I don't know if you know this. You ever go to a, you ever go to a website called global power rankings? <laughs> no, that sounds like uh, I can upset that. Do uh, they ever, do they ever change? Like, is it like, Oh the, yeah, uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they go up and down. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's, like, it's not, like not the t- top, not really the top, but <laughs> It's like tennis, like tennis rankings. <laughs> I just like knowing like <laughs> which country has how many planes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like for example, North Korea, Russia have way more tanks than you would really think. Like they got a mm-hmm. lot of tanks to throw at a problem that a tank can solve. Like if there's an alien invasion or like a zombie apocalypse, and like tanks would be super handy. North uh, North Korea and uh, Russia got us covered there. I think. They could have, like, yeah, I don't think tanks, tanks would world combined. I don't think tanks would be that helpful in an alien invasion, actually. In a zombie apocalypse, they'd be much better. In an alien invasion, they would be completely worthless, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you were talking about uh, our KHL guys, and I think we might have a line in the KHL. Like, I think we have some hookups there, probably through MACT. That's true, yeah. Like, I think that's how MACT got in to the KHL. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, I think we have, totally. we have a line in the KHL. Which is good. You know, you asked me a question actually the last, uh, I think last night that I, I didn't hear when you asked it, but I heard it when I listened to it later. You said, if I, if I was a goalie, what number would I be? You remember asking me that? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I like heard right. that. I like heard oh, yeah, that. right. I heard that and it like made me think like, man, like if I ever like wanted to play like beer league hockey, like, yeah. like playing goalie would be like one of those things I did just because I'm so I have no so little aptitude and experience like suitable for it that like it would just be so hard that like there's no way it wouldn't be character building just try it like wall yeah. climbing like I yeah. like if you want if you want to see someone suck at wall climbing you can come watch me sometime because it's like it's like I like it's it's like I may as well be like below the ground in a weird way it's like it's like I go <laughs> I get like below the earth when I try and climb up a wall it's like I go in reverse yeah like so fucking roly-poly <laughs> Have you ever played hockey before, like at all? Only like a little bit of floor hockey back in like phys ed days, back in school, like for a bit. I remember like it was el- awesome. it's fucking awesome in elementary, yeah. Wow, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to get celebrity guests tonight. You know, I am going to maybe chat with uh, my Vancouver hookup to talk about the Vancouver game, like late. Uh, okay. Late. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if he's up to it. We'll see if he's up to par um, as a um, do you know what number you would wear if you were a goalie? I mean, the more I think about it, the more it would like have to be like something like somehow I'd have to find a number that felt like it was like easy to forget or something like a number that like you can't hold in your memory, like a number that just like like eighty eight, something that just like blends into the background, you know? 
What about like 26? 26 is a great one that blends in the background. 26 <laughs> is almost impossible to remember. 23, super easy. Michael Jordan, everyone can yeah. remember 20. 26, Absolutely. double the three, you know, 20 plus tons, you know, et cetera. 26, yeah. I like, can't even remember the number. I can't even remember it now. What number are we talking about? 27? 25? <laughs> yeah. I think it was 25. Yeah. Uh, it's like Sam Horkoff's going to be a gamer. Like, our whole defense looked good. And quite frankly, the whole, the whole team, the whole lineup for being, like, a bunch of, like, non-NHLers were, like, battling for the puck the whole game. Thomas Yerko looked really good. Oh, man. I, told, I was messaging uh, B and, and saying how he looked like such a gamer. And, like, that little no-look pass on the second goal. Oh, man. Amazing. And he, you know, if you actually run his NHL equivalencies, they're, like, damn good. Yeah, I think he might be something. He has, like, a prior relationship with Ken Holland as well. Yeah. And I think that always, like, I don't know, that, that adds a different dynamic into the player that he is right now. For sure. For sure. Well, I think I think it, like, probably gives him and probably, like, instills this little bit more of a sense of, like, trust or, like, going to be given a little bit of opportunity. Like, it seems like he just was derailed by, like, injuries mostly. Um, and maybe, yeah, like, took a little longer, but, like, I think he looks better than Benson. And, like, Benson is, like, everyone's fucking jerking Benson's cock right now, being, like, Benson, Benson, Benson. Yeah. I think the problem is I also used to see this is the thing about me. So, like, if I, ha- if I had no – there's a name that I have a prior history with, it becomes <laughs> difficult. So, like, I worked with a Benson at one point in my life. And, like, yeah. let's just say I'm going to have a problem with the name Benson probably for a little while. Like, Benson um, was his first name? Uh, I, no. I, I should oh, okay. It wasn't his name. We're going to bleep that out. We'll bleep out the name. Because then people won't know if I mean which which I which name I meant for the player. Yeah. I could have been talking about the name, this or the name. Sure, that. sure. Anyways, but uh, I'll like never like that name. That's basically okay. Yeah. Um, um, Yurko, on the other hand, Tomas. Like Tomas is so much better than Thomas. Tommy's okay, but Tomas. In a weird way, like I would hate a Tomas that I met that was like a regular non-hockey player. But on the other hand, if you're a hockey player. And your name is Tomas. I fucking love <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, if you meet a Tomas at a bar, it's going to be some slag from, like, wherever the fuck. He's like, oh, my name is Tomas. Hello. My name is Tomas. And you're like, oh, god damn it. But, like, Tomas. Who do we got here? We got Tomas Holmstrom. Tomas yeah. Holmstrom. Tomas Yuriko. Who else we got? Uh, I'm trying to think of a... I was wondering. Tomas... <sighs> Thomas Sundstrom, that's going way back. Thomas Sundstrom, but oh, that sure, sure. Um, fuck man, I that's... also like Thomas Sundstrom because his last name was kind of like Sandstorm, so it was like Thomas Sandstorm. This was long before the song Sandstorm, nice. but it was it was like uh, you know who I've loved Sandstorm since I was a kid. <laughs> man, hockey has like the best, like most, like most, like what is it like? They're like names that like light the imagination on fire somehow, like. Uh, like Godet on the Canucks tonight. It's like that's like a Roy Orbison song, isn't it? Godet, isn't it? <laughs> Wasn't like, their goalie's name Thatcher Demko? Like Vancouver's goalie tonight. His his name was Thatcher Demko, I think. Yeah, Thatcher Demko was there. He's exactly, exactly. Canucks Canucks have tons of players with. Um, he's probably near the top of the list of like the name. The name uh, wars. Here, here's a question, though, name-wise. Okay, so we have brothers, right? Jack Hughes, Quinn Hughes. Mm. I think Quinn. 
kind of a good name. I think I kind of like the name Quinn on a guy. Like if it's not a girl who's who has who's a doctor, as long as it's not a girl who's a doctor, <laughs> I'm okay with like it's if it's a guy and he's not a doctor. Like if he was Quinn and he was a doctor, I'd have a problem with it. I think I like it like spelled with a K, like K W I N. I think that I mean, would be then, like a... then you may as well just change it to Quasi, which is way better than Quinn actually. Like what if his name was Quasi, like Linton Quasi Johnson? Yeah, Quasi's I guess so. There, there's going to be a Quasi, like there's no Africans or African Americans in uh, the NHL for the most part. Like we got like Evander Kane. Yeah, was, Nurse. N- I thought Nurse looked. Nurse. Is oh fucking, man, Nurse could have had an assist tonight in the third period when he threw that puck in front of the net, and nobody was there to put it in. But if that was like a actual game, somebody would have been there to put it in. Like if we were playing with our guys. The announcer had had the funniest thing at the end of the power play, like. Hockey announcers have like the weirdest like turns of phrase of like any sport. Like they oh, say like yeah. the shit sometimes, and he was like, it was it was poetry followed by like the stupidest shit anyone's ever said. So he was like cutting the commercial. He was like, oh, oh the Oilers held at bay on the power play, but only by the hair of their chinny chin chin. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? like had me for a while, and then you bring up by the hair of your chinny chin. Like what? Like come on. Like anyone else is some is a football announcer or a basketball announcer going to use the phrase by the hair of their chinny chin chin at like any point in their career? No, no, I've never heard that before. I don't think. Hmm. Canucks announcers are decent. Um, So yeah, I was thinking, uh, yeah, like uh, we had we had a decent number of shots. I think we had about eight shots by seven about seven minutes of the first period. I also thought. Scarrett looked quite good this whole game, um, especially like on the pipe on the PK, especially late in the game. Um, he had a huge save at the end, near the end of the second period, with like three minutes to go, that like kept uh, kept our lead a lead alive at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were out shooting them about twenty eight to sixteen in official shots by like the near the start of the third. Yeah. Nice, but like you were saying that the shots were like way off, they were saying on the radio broadcast. <laughs> well, at one point, they like came back, like there was a commercial break, and then when they came back from the commercial break, like the first thing Jack said was like that the clock was broken, right? So it was like a commercial, and then they came back, and Jack was like, It looks like the clock is still <laughs> in preseason mode. Pause, and I like sat up in my bed, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> what's going on? This is so good." Again, something that only happens in hockey. Like a little, maybe it happens a little bit in football. Where we have to fix the clock, but like in hockey, it's just like, I don't know what the scorekeeper's doing. Well, there's now, now the goal light is still going off. <laughs> yeah, did you hear that too? Yeah, that happened too. Yeah, yeah. After yeah. the empty net goal, the goal light wouldn't turn off. Yeah. Yeah, that's so great. But it's crazy because in hockey, there's that other clock, right? So when you're watching a hockey game, at least when you're at a hockey game, you're always like kind of watching that clock too, like the shots on that clock for whatever reason. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's strange. It is a weird one. Um, there was that wicked penalty shot by Sutter, like. Man, like, what, what an exciting thing the penalty shot is. Like, isn't the penalty shot, like, one of those things, like, that's just so quintessentially, like, unique to, uh, to hockey? Like, yeah. 
Well, you were saying you like it better than a penalty kick in soccer? Like, you think it's better? Oh, for sure. Like, ten times. Like a thousand yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it it's is. Cause, it's because they're, they're allowed to approach. Yeah, but imagine, see, to me, that's what makes the uh, penalty kick in soccer, like, more exciting is because you have to, like, first walk up and, like, set your ball on that little dot or whatever, and then it's, like, the same for everybody. I don't know. I'm, like, imagine, for example, if they did a penalty kick type of format in, in the NHL where you had to, like, just tee up a slapper from, like, right. from, like, 10 feet out from, like, the high slot area. Remember that just... slapper uh, Pronger had that year? That penalty shot he like scored on uh, in the Stanley Cup final? No, I don't. In the year of the like, like... like just yeah, it was like in the Stanley Cup final. I can't remember which game it was, but he got a, like this you know this hulking defenseman got a penalty shot somehow. And uh, yeah, he just like skated up and just like wired like a huge slap shot like that. Before. <laughs> it was, like, like so fucking awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought Nurse looked good. I thought Granlin looked uh, looked like an NHLer. I thought Yurk, yeah, Yurko, like Yurko, just like really stood out tonight for sure. And I, I've kind of been expecting that from him a little bit. Like when you just look at his career stats, it's like, yeah, he's bounced up and down a little bit, but he's he's has quite a bit of NHL experience. He has clearly a scoring touch, and like if he's healthy, his his NHL equivalency is like, let me just run the fucking like because I think when I like predicted my prediction, my little personal prediction sheet. I only expected him to to play like uh, forty games at, at tops because he's like been injured so much. Yeah, but um, so like last year, I mean, this is the thing. So yeah, this is the thing. So <laughs> last year he played nineteen games in the AHL. They won a championship though. He had eighteen points. No wait, yeah, he had eighteen points in eighteen games in the playoffs too. If you actually like run the numbers on that, I believe it's something like thirty, forty points in the NHL. Like it's like. He's he's got that potential. He's only twenty five or he's twenty six. He's played two hundred NHL games and has only twenty eight points. I guess that's why he's he hasn't hasn't stuck. But last year yeah. he was on fire in the AHL. Like eighteen points in eighteen playoff games is is fucking tight. Seven goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then uh, here's here's one question for you. Okay, let's talk about the, let's talk about the Canucks a little bit. So wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I have I'm gonna I'm gonna ask yeah. you a couple questions here. Hit me. Hit okay, me. okay. Um, before the game, you were like you you used the phrase you were hoping that the Oilers would like Carolina these bastards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Explain that to me. I didn't know Just what because, you meant. Well, we were icing. I feel like we were we were we iced a way better defensive core basically. So uh-huh. the thing is, like last year, if you, like Carolina, basically all of their money was the bulk of their money was kind of tied up in their defense. Like that'll change now that um, Zaho signed that offer sheet and stuff. But last year it was like they literally had six defensemen making like four to six million dollars. That was like, okay. they, didn't, they didn't have a single defenseman that was like making less than four, I think. So that's kind of what propelled them on their really really nice run because they just like they had so many defensemen that were good at moving the puck and and good with off, good offensive instincts and good all-around defensemen that, like, they basically were able to make it. What, did they make it to the second round? Or the third round, maybe? Were they in the conference they, finals? No, yeah, they were in the conference so. finals, weren't they? No, no, I don't think so. I thought they I were. Don't, I don't think so. Well, it was St. Louis and Dallas, right? In the West. Yeah. And then in the East, it wasn't was... It Boston, Carolina? Wasn't it Boston, Carolina? 
yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it no, was. No, it was. Boston. It was. Yeah. That's what I meant by Carolining it. And I kind of, I think that kind of happened a little bit. Like all of our defensemen seemed to play fine. Um, Larson, Nurse were like Larson and Nurse. Um, who was the other defensive pair? We had because we had Manning and I think um, Jones. I think on the third pair. Okay. And you, do you think Yamo's gonna like? You think Yamamoto's gonna play next game? Maybe he's injured. I don't know. Yeah, if he doesn't play next game, something's well, definitely. You were saying you thought something was rotten there, right? I do. I think something's rotten in the state of Denmark. He's coming off of a uh, he's coming off of a wrist injury, but I just think like I haven't I haven't heard anything about him. Like I haven't heard his name this mm-hmm. entire training camp essentially. You know. True. Like, I don't know where he is, because he was, like, he was a huge part of their plan. And I don't know. I just yeah, haven't heard. Something's going on. It's possible. But I also just think it's it's that they there's, like, a new new day in the organization. They just don't want to rush players anymore. And so he's got this, like, weird, he's got this weird in-between thing where, like, he was the chosen one before, but now we're, like, not choosing chosen ones anymore. Like, the whole chosen one thing. <laughs> isn't even a thing anymore it's like it's like we changed religions almost like, it's like yeah we, we went from like we're going from monotheism back to polytheism and i kind of <laughs> love it i kind of fucking love it yeah but this is the time of the season if there was a time where you'd hear his name a lot like just in the conversation like and you haven't i haven't heard his name very much at all in any context mm. like in terms of where he's where he's at or like what his plans for the preseason are like when he's going to play. I've heard more about like dry settles, dry settle playing in preseason. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really worried at this point. Cause like we have other young forwards and other, other forwards kind of battling for spots. So we kind of, we planted like a million flowers, you know, we're like, uh, some some flower plant and maniacs planted a million different flowers or whatever, you know the saying. So, okay, what else you got? You got another one for me? Oh yeah, I got a good one for you. So in the show, like the pregame show, I was listening to, or maybe it was Oilers. You no, know, it was Oilers Now this afternoon. Um, Bob was talking to to uh, Mark Spector. And he was like talking about um, our goalies, and this is okay. what he said. And I've I have no idea what this means. Like I heard him say it, and I was just like, I have no idea how to take this. So he was like, he was like, this is what he said. This is a quote. See if you can like decipher his meaning here. He was like, I'll tell you, like uh, Mike Smith and um, Miko Koskinen. The rest of the league is looking at those two guys, and they're just saying no. Yeah, you know what? I remember when he said that, and I didn't understand it either. <laughs> yeah, what is that? <laughs> like, what, what does that mean? It could it could mean either the rest of the league doesn't consider them <laughs> right, but like, or it also mean that they, they no, there's no point. Like they're 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 really good. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, maybe that's what they meant. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out though. No, I think that's what they meant because they're just like they think the orders. Like honestly, people need to give fucking. Koskin and more of a chance this year. Like he was an NHL rookie last year. Oh, like he, Talbot he, basically like he can't, he like saved our fucking season from the evil ogre Talbot, who like can't fucking say, stop a beach ball. No, 
Yeah, I know. Koskinen was great. And I think, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm of the opinion that we need to get a new goaltending coach. I think whoever is doing it, that guy that was like with the Golden Bears, right. and now he, he's our goalie coach, I think that guy's got to go. Our goaltending is Jordan, Jordan Binghamton, Bingham, Binghamton is the uh, St. Louis goalie, by the way. Jordan oh, yeah, Binghamton. That's right. Um, yeah, good goalie coach goes a long way. Like, when do we can get the guy that like uh, Tippett had in uh, Phoenix, whoever that was? Yeah. Like, the coaches are weird because you only ever really hear about like two or three being like notable, but like every team has one. Every team has one, and not every team has a goalie like Koskinen's such a freak. He's like seven feet tall with his gear on. And I think having an average, average size man teach a person of that size who has made it this far mm. using that body to stop pucks, like that freakishly large body. And then you have some average guy who's like, no, no, like your fundamentals are, like, kind of fucked up. It's like, of course they're kind of fucked up. Like, I'm right. like, fucking seven feet tall. Like, it's I'm like playing... A, it's like a pony trying to teach a horse how to race. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, actually, speaking of goalies, like, I did notice uh, Starrett has... Uh, he's one of those goalies that wears those dark goalie pads. And, like, I wonder, like, why doesn't every fucking goalie do that? Like, it seems like it would be such an advantage, you know? Because in scrambles in front of the net, the players wouldn't be able to find the puck. Yeah, at least that's my assumption. Or yeah. like, at least it would make it a little harder, you know. Or if it's like in between the pads, five hole. Five hole is like the best term term ever. Like that's one of the things I love about hockey. The whole the whole five hole terminology. Yeah. Like there's no five hole in any other sport. Uh, it's, like, it's got such like, I mean, right. does it have sexual connotations? It seems like a must. Like why is it a hole? I guess well, it's because. It's a gap. Yeah. Somebody, like, each, like, under your arms and shit, too. That's also a hole. Yeah, but they like never I... use the number for that one. Five, the only one they number is a five hole. <laughs> it's not I as think... though the one under the arm is, like, the three hole. They all, like, no, no. I think I have heard it. I think I have heard it, like, once or twice in my life. It might be, like, the eight hole. Like, is under the arm. I've heard, I've, like, I think I've heard it once or twice. It's so funny the way language works. Like, something like that will come about, and then it's, like... Most most instances of it will just fade away, and then like the five hole is like the remaining, like <laughs> like relic, the remaining like trace of like this whole system of like numbering the different gaps and like a goalie, the goalie in the net. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because when it happens in baseball, they just say it went through his legs. Exactly. But, yeah, strange. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought uh, I thought Peterson actually. We were talking about like when we were playing. Uh, do you like that face? We're talking about the aquiline face, the eagle-like face. Yeah. And, like, Peterson, Elias Peterson not only ha- has, like, an aquiline face, but, like, the rest of his body and frame is, like, an eagle. Like, he, like, looks like he's, like, a human being that evolved from, like, the dinosaurs that changed into birds and, then like, then became people after that, probably, he- like, in the mountains of northern Sweden or something. Well, I- I was thinking when I was watching the game today in the third period that he looked like a character from like a science fiction movie. Like he looked like yeah. something from like Blade Runner 2049. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's so fucking good, man. Can you imagine like, I'm going to ask my buddy later tonight like what it's like to be a Canucks fan because I'm honestly curious. Like, you know, I know being an Oilers fan is like about cheering for a team in spite of the fact that they fucking just keep on letting you down year after year and are like managed and coached by like a bunch of nincompoop. Like, imagine being a Canucks fan is, like, somewhat similar, but uh, the whole, like, Vancouver bandwagon thing is, like, its own, its whole own, like, like 
dimension, you know? Yeah. And also, like, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, do we know, do, do you know who the fuck the Canucks coach is? It was like they cut away to him a couple times in the game, and I was like, I don't know who this person is. Like, Yeah, Travis Green. He used to play for the Islanders. Oh, Travis Green. Okay. Yeah. Travis I Green. think he's a great coach. Oh, is he? He's like, I, I think so. He's, like, super young, and he, like, I don't know. I got. I think he's a good coach. I think Vancouver has, like, I think it's a good place to be a coach is the impression I get. Yeah. For the most part, it's like a good hockey market to kind of flex your your coaching tools. And like, I don't know. It seems like there's a um, the environment there is very conducive to coaching, coaching success, at least. Mm. Like you can kind of make your bones with the Vancouver Canucks and then you'll you you, you seem to find good job opportunities after mm. being with them. That's true, Vigneault. Good example. I mean, but also it seems like it's a really, for some reason, it's a horrible place to be a manager. Like it seems like the GMs. Like I, I don't. I, I'm gonna ask my buddy later. Like, but I think the Vancouver GM kind of sucks, and they're just waiting for him to like finally fuck off, and then they'll get a, a better GM. Like it's almost like you, you can get a shitty GM who presides over like a bunch of tanking years, but then yeah. you, you need to fire his ass once you get a good enough good players. And prospects, so you can get a GM who can actually like put together the rest of the pieces to to win. Like, I'm not really because it's still Jim Benning, right, in Vancouver. I think so. Yeah, I'm not like, even I don't really think, sure. I think he's like a pretty average manager. I think he's no fucking Kenny Holland, man. Kenny Holland, we're gonna be fucking tattooing him on our back, pretty our backs, pretty quick. You know, we'll have like a little <laughs> like like a mural style like like tattoo of like him, uh, Tippett, you know, Drysidel. Like and then maybe like maybe like like uh, Lucic like on the ground like like <laughs> like writhing in pain with like a little pain in his back like the same look that's on like Superman's back on the cover of uh, whatever the death of Superman where like whatever his name is like breaking him breaking him his back but Doomsday like, Doomsday and Superman's just like ah like <laughs> yeah, I want to see that like uh, that would be a good tattoo I'd like that yeah <laughs> um uh, no hit it man. Uh, uh, what else do you have? Like, I was also wondering when I was watching that game, like, you've heard them talk about um, Connie possibly playing an exhibition game and how, like, yeah. he wants to play. Yeah, but I was okay. thinking, like, if you, were a, if you were a vet, say you had, like, you know, four years, like, you were Connie, like, why would you even bother playing an exhibition game? Like, why would you? Because the exhibition games are basically for the guys coming up. They're, like, fucking fighting for their lives. So I imagine yeah. it's, like, a real fucking tense kind of a shit show. Like the vibe in the room is really just like, yeah. I think it's cause it's, it comes down to it being a flow game. It comes down to it being a game. That's like really, really requires you to be super tuned in super like, you know, like I, I, you probably want a game at least or two to like not be cold, you know, go in. You think like so? Little, legs under you a little bit. Yeah. I could totally get him wanting to get two or three games in. But, but like, no when are you, I don't know. I, I would think like if I was Connie McDavid, I would just like show up to the rink and like practice my ass off, and then be like, "Yeah, like I'm I'm Connie. Like I'll be ready to go. Like I'm not." I bet I bet you he'll be that way in a couple of years. I bet you once he's a little bit older. Like I think right now he's still like still got that like almost like quasi psychotic like laser focus on doing every every little thing he can do to get better. Like it seems Maybe. like doesn't he wear like weights in the front of his shirt and shit? Like the guy's like. 
if he wasn't a hockey, if he wasn't like the best hockey player who ever fucking lived, if he was just like a mailman, he'd be like the biggest fucking psycho in the world. Like people would be like, oh man, like this guy's crazy. Mm. But, but right now yeah. he's crazy like a fox. Sure. Um, I got a, I got a few more things on the game, but uh, um, just hit them really quick. Like first of all, we were I, I was liking the number of shots, but we definitely weren't getting enough shots for like the first ten minutes of the second and the first ten minutes of the third. Like yeah, we kind of sat on the lead a little bit in the third, and in the second we kind of like let our foot off the gas. But I was pretty happy to see that like we were getting that number of shots on net with, uh, you know, pretty much like one NHLer in our forward core. So mm-hmm. um, we were getting a lot of shots from well, like Evan Bouchard had a ton of shots. Yeah. Like the defense was shooting a lot. The defense was shooting a ton. The defense was like doing tons of cross ice and cross crease passes. Like the defense. Yeah. Was- the, d- the defense seems to be getting up in the play a lot more than they have in previous years. And I think, like, um, Dave Tippett, like, <laughs> that's just kind of like, that might be the way he does things. And he does it in a way that's not like, like really shitty. Like, I think sometimes with previous coaches, they were trying to motivate the defense to get involved in the play for the wrong reasons. I think there's just a lot of, there was a ton of negativity surrounding our defense over the past few mm-hmm. seasons. Maybe that's because like they sucked, but maybe they sucked just because, or in part because no. there was so many bad vibes around our defense. And well, I, I think I think part of that is also like the kind of like um, like a lingering like anger or frustration about like not really having enough good defensemen for so many years. It kind of gave us like the team like a bit of a complex almost or something. Yeah, like, but now, also like, like now that we even have better defensemen, we like still almost like can't just like use them quite properly yet although i think that's gonna that's gonna change pretty quick here yeah but also if you're constantly playing under the like under the banner of our defense sucks and like Mm -hmm. that's what you're hearing 24 7 from from everyone i think that will affect the way you play like it'll get inside your head and you'll be just like overcompensating and playing like shit yeah and i think that that's sort of like it's that that vibe is not as strong as it once was, even if our defense is like, I mean, it's better, but we're certainly not there yet. Mm. I I think there seems to be more, we're kind of more open to a different sort of defensive alignment and like working with what we have instead of just like um, throwing it all under the fucking bridge and blaming everything on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's, like, there's a weird culture in Edmonton about, like, like a culture of blame, like, being, like, super, super ready to, like, throw whoever under the bus. Like, like as soon as anything goes wrong, we're, like, so, like, it seems like almost more than any other sports fans. We're, like, dying. We're, like, so ready to throw whatever defense is totally under the bus. You know, if it's a forward or a center, like, but especially the defense. When, like, defense is, like, oh, yeah. I can't think of a harder fucking job in sports than being, like, an NHL defenseman. Like, well, I'd say, I'd say goalie is, like, is quite a bit tougher. Uh, I think yeah, that's, the, I think that might be the hardest, hardest job in but sports. You need, but you need, like, at least six defensemen and only one goalie. But, yeah, the goal, goalie's definitely, like, up there, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, we need, we need to just chill the fuck out. Like, it's, like, we, we need to, like, accept the fact that, like, okay, Darnell Nurse is awesome. Adam Larson. Yeah. Just like embrace it and just like support them and like cheer for them instead of being like, no, oh, they gave it away that one time. What the fuck? Well, like the stuff around Darnell Nurse is like a perfect example. Like he's gotten better every single year, and like it's still 
I don't know what it is. Like it's 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 like he. I, we expect him to have plateaued every single year. We expect him to be as good as he's ever going to get. Well, and like yeah. like half the media is like floating him as a trade chip. I know. Every yeah, year. it's, it's crazy. like I don't know. I literally, I'm I'm completely convinced it's because they just can't stand up having a brother on the team. I'm so sorry. Nah, I don't think I don't think that's reason. it. But there's no other reason we draft well, at seventh overall. We developed him. He's gotten better every year. I mean, I love the cut of his jib. Like as far as yeah. Jib, uh, he's got a fucking quality, quality jib, dude. Like, why would I, I, you not love fucking Darnell Nurse to your core? Like, why? It'd be like, I, yeah. I think Edmonton just in general has a real tough time uh, understanding defense. Like, what they want from a defensive core. They just, like, it's not something that they're, they know how to how to explain or how to, like, uh, obtain. You know what I mean? Like the the Gretzky poisoned the well here. Like that brand of hockey just was like fucking unbelievable, and we've been trying to like well and Pronger come too. down think from that. Think about that's... the Pronger element because like everyone's pining over Pronger. He like played for us one season, but like no one, no one's, no one stopped thinking about him for like a second. But like there's yeah. only like there's there's like almost oh, probably never going to be a Chris, Chris Pronger like again. Well, and remember how that ended too, right? Like Pronger fucking hated the city and got out. Yeah. You know? And then won the cup like two years straight after that or some shit. What was that? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But the problem with that whole setup was that, you know, he was like he was a defenseman, the best we'd had in years, like a Hall of Famer. And he hated playing hockey in Edmonton. Like he hated playing his defensive craft in this city. A city that is just like notorious for lighting defensemen on fire. Yeah. Like just, any chance they get. It was funny too. I remember hearing about that year where it was like, I guess like the team trainers, like like they never really planned like workout days where they would just go into the go and lift weights and stuff. And Pronger was like really loved going to lift and weight. So he was just like, you know what? Like we're not going to practice this day. Everyone's just going to lift weights. And they're all like, yeah, okay, Chris Pronger. Like, sure. Like, sounds like a good idea. It was like Chris Pronger overrode the like direction of like the physical fitness <laughs> staff or like the fucking training staff. It was like he knew more like about the value of you know working yeah. out a little bit more in the gym once in a while, like sort of, instead of like doing like a bag skate. You know. Well, did you know? Like, here's and here's another thing that I've read recently, or I heard it somewhere that Gretzky. I think it was in a Gretzky book we have around the house. But Gretzky, every fucking year he was here. He finished dead last in in the strength test, like before the before the season started when they do their physical. Gretzky always came in last. So when you That's have crazy. something, yeah. So when something like that happens to your team, I mean that 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 ripple, that little everyone who was there to witness that will be like, wow. I mean, fucking Gretzky was like a wuss, and he was Wayne Gretzky. So like, we'll just like we don't have to worry about strength training or anything like that. Like, and maybe that's what a ridiculous what a ridiculous line of thought though. That's like that's like that's like putting your hand out the window and being like, oh, it's not raining. I don't need clothes <laughs> or something. I don't know. Like it is, but you cannot underestimate the effect that Wayne Gretzky had on that organization. Like he was for a player just to be that good. Like his records are insane. Like Michael Jordan was was great, right? But Wayne Gretzky would do things that were just like insane. Like he was he it was like a god out on the ice. Like he was yeah. so far above. And just being around that and having your entire organization's culture built around this like messiah type figure. 
we've we've never recovered from it is like quasi supernatural because i was thinking about it actually after um after the game when i was walking um like hockey sense like people talk about hockey sense and like wayne is like the perfect example of that like you know kind of having eyes in the back of your head and like being able to do that no look pass and like know where the play is going to be like yeah well what if the players that like have that it turns out they find you know after a few more hundred years go by and we learn about ESD and we find out that, like, no, it's just the guys that had good hearts, <laughs> just like worse had quasi psychic ability because it really seems that way sometimes. Well, that was the thing about Gretzky. Like, he could, um, yeah, exactly. Like, you know what's going to happen. They say, like, they know where the puck is going to be. Um, yeah, like, it, it, seems, it seems possible to me that, like, once, once we know more, it's possible that, like, all those guys have to like, we'll find out. It's like hockey sense will, like, equal, like, psychic ability <laughs> yeah I, I buy that i buy that yeah i mean it seems possible right absolutely um, it's kind of funny because like yeah no that's probably a topic for another day i want to hit a couple more things about the game and then yeah for sure topic. so i thought um i thought uh Marody looked good i thought that whole line of Marody, yurko russell were like really buzzing the whole night Best um, line in the game. Both teams. Yeah, best line true, in the game. True. You know, I thought uh, when Peterson scored, it was just like, yeah, Peterson's so good. Like, what a great player. Yeah. Um, and then a really nice 3-2 goal as well. Um, was that the 3-2 goal? Nope. The 3-2 goal was that, like, one-touch pass from the point, kind of like a mm. slap pass, a deflection. Yeah, yeah. It was, a great, it was a great goal, but it was, like, a huge yeah. defensive breakdown. Like, Colby K. Yeah fucked up and left his man oh, wide open see, yeah dave staples right now is like burning up the his his, his keyboard being like fuck colby cave <laughs> probably i bet you if we went to gulf of hockey right now he'd be like colby cave gets a two out of ten yeah um but like colby cave like i don't know i'm not i'm not i'm not worrying i'm not, I'm not spending time thinking about colby cave quite frankly we talked about it last time that's enough i will say you know like once once the canucks were like the empty net goal and it was four two i was just like I thought to myself, you know, whatever, it's a preseason game, A. B, I thought, you know, we had a lot of players look good in a game where, like, we had way fewer NHLers in our forward core, and, like, I'm still fucking watching a hockey game, which is just so nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was a good game, but like I also said, I think we have to be careful with how many moral victories we assign the Oilers, because oh, lo- losing is a problem here. It's a culture of losing. So yeah. we have to be very careful about you know, oh, yeah. patting, patting ourselves on the back, even in preseason, I think. Oh, even absolutely. in preseason. Absolutely. I think, I think Tippett's going to be good about that. Like, I think, yeah, the moment you, like, assign yourself a moral victory is the moment you're, like, training yourself to, like, fail next time, kind of, in a way. Yeah, and we are masters of, of that. We are masters of losing in Edmonton. Yeah. Like, we've done it so well, and the way we've done it, from being masters of winning, now we are masters of losing. Mm. You know? Totally. Oh, we really are. <laughs> That's why we're a handkerchief dynasty. Yeah, sure. Um, I did notice um, Russell. Last thing about the game, Russell had a nice, uh, a nice moment near the in the last two minutes where he like totally ran the goalie, and it like made me think like, it's like running the goalie is like pretty much always a good idea. Like it's something they really don't punish that often, and uh, it's like it's like the equivalent of like if you're a butcher. 
you know, it's good for you to put your thumb on the scale once, like, you know, when you can't get away, when the person's looking away, you know, like if you're a hockey player, you may as well just like, like fucking just skate right into the goalie and push him over for like no goddamn reason other than there's two minutes left in the game and, and you want, <laughs> you want to rattle him and whatever. It's like, you can get away with so much cheating in, in hockey sometimes. Oh, well, you can fight. I mean, like if you fight another man, you go to the penalty box for five minutes. I was thinking a similar thing, how... I wonder how long it is because the game is, like you were saying, skewing like so much younger right now. That's true, yeah. And I wonder how long it will be or if it will ever happen when a general manager or there's a player who's just like a fucking crazy man and will just like start ragdolling guys. And like, because like right now you can, you can fight like the, you can fight in the NHL. Like that's a rule that you can break and like go serve a penalty for. What's and crazy the, about that is like you can't even fight in like life. It's like I know if you wanna, well, that's if you what fight I'm saying. In real life, you're both going to jail. But like somehow, yeah. somehow we've set up a sport where you can just also be like a gladiator slash like prize fighter. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. Crazy. I wonder if that'll ever happen because that's what happened in like the the 1970s, right? Like the game was skewing very very fast. Like it was the flying the flying Frenchman, and then to stop that. Like Philadelphia just started kicking the shit out of everybody, right? And then, yeah, and then the game sort of changed for a few, and it was terrible. Like if you, there was like, um, like bench clearing brawls, like line brawls, like constantly in the 1970s. And then the Islanders changed it, and then the Oilers took it one step further, and it's kind of remained like that generally since then. Like that's been the ideal. And there's been a few kind of weird exceptions, but it never seems to last long enough. But I wonder if that'll ever happen again. Like there's rules that can be, that are, it's, there's, it's crazy. You, you can really sort of break society's rules in hockey in order to like establish your will and dominate, like change the direction of a game, gain control of a game. I wonder if that'll ever happen again. Yeah, I mean, it seems to happen like, it seems like there's a chance of it happening every playoffs. Like every playoffs, the 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 refs may or may not be just like, oh, you know, whatever. We'll just let them. These guys punch each other in the face. We'll yeah. Stop. It seems like it seems like that's like almost the preferred course of action when it comes yeah. to officials playoffs. So at least in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems like fighting's going down. I mean, I like to see, you know, honestly, like the players I like to see fight are like the the skill players that just get pissed the fuck off because, like, someone's just, like, slashing their wrist with a, you know, a piece of fucking, like, composite wood slash, like, what what are the sticks made out of now? It's not soft material. Uh, yeah, like, I don't even know. Plexiglass? Uh, I know fiberglass. I know they're, like, fiberglass. I know they're, like, $300. Extremely expensive. Yeah, yeah. You should be running the goalie and, like, slashing guys on the wrist, like, all the time. Like, it's uh, as, as with anything... It's fine when, like, my team does it, but uh, reprehensible mm. and unconscionable when the other team does. It's just crazy because when you watch a game, there's, like, two games going on. There's, like, there's like the game with the score, right? The game that's being played, which I guess is in both games. But there's this other game where the end result of it is either, like, violence or the avoidance <laughs> of violence. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It is a little like, that way. Like somebody gets hacked and then like, you know, they go to the bench and they're like, what the fuck? And like the rest of their team saw it happen. And then like that, that game is also being played in a hockey game. Like there's this 
totally separate game. It's really strange. And then it's just up to the coach um, as to how far or how they want to play that game. Mm. That's why that's why Calgary wanted uh, wanted Lucic. That's, Absolutely, that's how, that's, that's how we ended up fleecing them, fucking fleecing that trade. Like honestly, if James Neal just plays this year and gets like twelve goals and like shits the bed, we're just fucking buy him out. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be Man, fine. that's how that's how we fleece the Flames. But that's how the Flames run our show every time they play us too. Like I said, I don't believe for a second that Giordano that that was an that was an accident. Of course not. Not yet. for not for one second do I believe that. That's how they run our show. The Flames, and that's how the Flames have ran their show for like ten years. They play very, very close to the edge. Or yeah. just like they carry themselves with that sort of swagger. Like that's what they got going for them. That's the name of their game. Is that they're really, really tough and like gritty to play against. Mm. I really hope we fucking take it to him this year. That would be nice. Like, uh, be I feel great. like that, that, trade, that trade's definitely going to help that rivalry. Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, I think those games are going to be fucking crazy, to be yeah. honest with you. I yeah. think they're going to be absolutely crazy. Do we play them in the preseason? I know the next preseason game is uh, Vancouver on Thursday. Yeah, we play them after Vancouver. We play oh, okay. Calgary. On Friday or Saturday or something? I think so. Yeah, maybe oh. maybe that's not after Vancouver, but I believe... I think it is. Yeah, on Friday we play. Uh, no, no, we have Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, we have tomorrow off, and then we play Vancouver on Thursday, and then I think yeah, we play Friday, Calgary on Friday. I have a feeling this year is going to be okay. I have a feeling this year it's going to be an okay year to watch Oilers games. Whereas, like honestly, I think let's say 100% of the years I've watched by about October, like let's say 25th. I'm like I, I I'm at that point already debating. Okay, do I just stop watching hockey altogether for the year because like, <laughs> yeah. It's getting dark out, and I already suffer from seasonal affect disorder, and I don't really need to just be depressed for like oh. two hours every like couple of days. So like by like November, like most years I've like checked out, like oh, I'll check back in on them in the spring. But like, yeah, I have a feeling this year is going to be different. I have a feeling this year. Well, of course you do. You think that every year, like as do I. But I, but this time I really mean it. This, <laughs> this time we got Ken Holland. We got good competition in the bottom six. Um, there were like a couple of non-hockey things I wanted to touch on first, but like also I want to circle back to one. I have one hockey question for you. Okay. So uh, first of all, like I've, I've I've talked about how I learned the word Aqualion from Westworld. Right. And I want to confirm, like you never watched Westworld season one, right? I've never seen any of Westworld. No, terrible with really, TV. Really, yeah. I really gotta, I really gotta hook you up with that, like buy the DVD or something, because like. Yeah, I mean, with like a, a nice bag of weed and like kick back and watch some fucking killer. TV and some stellar, stellar acting. Like Westworld season one is fucking great. I mean, season two is also good, and I don't know what to expect from season three. But like, season one is like a wild, wild ride. Yeah, you know yeah. Jeffrey. That yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he's in it. He's fucking incredible. And then like, uh, what's his name? Anthony Hopkins. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then uh, I'm excited because tomorrow I'm babysitting. I'm gonna try and watch. Some Avatar: The Last Airbender, another show. I don't think you've seen. No, but I've heard about it. You got kids, right? So you should be you should be busting that shit out because like it's 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 for the whole family, man. Hmm. That's like that's a show the whole family can dig. It's like imagine like a, a wicked anime that like doesn't have any sex or swearing, but like also just has like the wickedest like action of like all time, and you're just like, yeah, man, that show's hmm. got it all. That show's got it where it counts. 
I would definitely, I'm definitely going to recommend some Avatar: The Last Airbender. Which is, it's a shame it's called Airbender because, like, in anywhere in the UK or like anywhere from within the former British colonies, the word bender means like faggot. <laughs> and again, as with the racism, you know, if you're not anti-homophobia, go fuck mm. yourself. I didn't know that that the bender meant that. That's like you're like oh this you know gender bending bender. It's like a, you know you can think about why it would, it would mean that. Oh yeah, I suppose so. I thought gender bender was just more of like a uh, like, like you're literally bending the gender norm, sort of is what I thought that meant. Yeah, that probably that's probably a more accurate definition of that term. And let's not get hang on, hang on about it. Anyways, the point is, I'm looking forward to watching some of that shit. So, okay. Maybe a Kurosawa. And then the last, the second to last thing I wanted to mention was we were talking about really good, uh, like potential, like imaginary soundtracks for hockey. Mm, right. So it would be sweet if it was like only Queen and uh, Pearl Jam songs, but like another soundtrack that would be sweet. No, no, no. Like... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not what I said at all. No, that's what I said. Okay. Queen, you said? Queen and Pearl Jam? I think Queen would be fucking terrible. I would never watch a hockey game again. Oh, man, Queen's. Look... Do you like Queen? Do I like Queen? Yeah. Question that. I don't know. I don't really like Queen. Not really. You never had. You never went through a Queen phase ever. Yeah, I did. I absolutely did. Oh, but you you broke up with them. Yeah, I don't think I like. I don't really like them that much anymore. That's interesting. That's interesting. Was this? When did this happen? At what point did you Mm, like? It just kind of. Well, when I was really into Queen was probably like uh, late junior high, early high school when I first started buying records. I bought a lot of Queen records. Yeah. Like at garage sales and like at uh, Goodwill and stuff like that. And then just eventually it just seemed like it was very fucking one note and that I could kind of like, I had gotten all the, all of the juice out of the mm. Queen, Queen lime that I was ever going to get out of it. And then I was just like, the lime was dry. You know, I can totally, I can totally understand and, and respect and appreciate the point you're making. Mm. While also maintaining my fandom, like, you know, I wouldn't say they're like the coolest band that I think I'm into, but I'm definitely, especially ever since, ever since I've heard their first album and like just listened to their first album over and over again when they were like still like anonymous, right? Really, really impressed me. Um, so that kind of gave me that was kind of the fuel that gave me like a late life or like a middle mid midlife kind of Queen fandom like Afterburn, huh? Uh, but I was thinking because I've been I'm super obsessed with this concert. I love watching on YouTube. I think I linked it to you before. Like uh, it's this that James Brown concert from like the mid eighties. Oh like, yeah, man, like the first fucking twenty minutes of that concert is like so amazing that like it like threw me into this like obsessive loop where like all I could do was like sing James Brown songs to myself. Yeah. Uh, and like I was thinking like James Brown would be like a really really good soundtrack for a hockey game. Like just like nothing but James Brown songs. Like I think I can find that. <laughs> You know, it made me also think about how uh, there was this time recently on like Oilers Now, I think it was, where Rob Brown, they were like talking about like goal songs. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it was Rob Brown was talking about this team he played for in like junior, I think it was like Medicine Hat or like Saskatoon or something. And he was talking about how they're like more, they're like the song they'd come out to every game was uh, Taking Care of Business. (laughs) And how like, like, he went on like a 20 minute rant or like a 10 minute rant about how it was like, the, the, the like perfect song to psych yourself up to before a hockey game and how like he'll there'll never be a song like that would like you imagine energizing him oneself more than taking care of business which is like, really yeah kind of interesting to me like I, I kind of see it like especially like 
probably when that was. Like it was probably like twenty, twenty five years ago at least, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. I, that sounds like so. That has like the opposite effect of me. It makes taking care of business feel like a fucking joke when I hear that song. Like when uh, I hear that song, the last thing I want to do is like take care of business. It makes me want to like. You know why? What does it make you want to do? Tell me now. I'm curious. <laughs> it just makes me want to like um, not take care of business. I guess yeah. is the best best way to put it. Well, you know what it does to most people. I think at this point is it's like, you know those like experiments where they like shake a rattle in front of a baby, and then for like the first minute it laughs, and then after five minutes it starts to cry, and then after <laughs> about twenty minutes to half hour it just like opens its mouth and gets a blank look on its face and starts to drool and like zone out. It's like that's the effect that song has on us all by now, because mm-hmm. we've literally heard it in like a thousand insurance commercials, a thousand like Staples commercials, like like literally. Probably like one of the most used songs in like right. advertising. So right. like now it's just like it's like wallpaper. It's like the yeah, right. there. Of course, of course. Um, but even then, like it's not. It's kind of like shrill, and kind of like yeah, I don't know. I guess it has the word overtime in it. But I mean, like... I think if we heard it, I think if we heard it fresh, we could still take it. But it's impossible. You know, you can't go back. You can't go back now. Um, yeah. And then, like, uh, is there anything else you wanted to hit? And then, because if not, I'm going to hit you with my closer, which is, you know, let's be honest, like a little bit of a tongue in cheek kind of humorous topic, but, you know, one I think is still pertinent. No, I think that's it. That's, that's all I got. Oh, yeah, I do have one other thing. Hit me. Um, is, uh, is Vancouver's anthem singer still around? Like that big guy who fell on the carpet a few years ago? Uh, you know who I'm talking about. I got a goatee. Yeah, he's like a big. Yeah. Did he fall he... on the carpet? I don't, I don't know. What do you mean? Oh fall? yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't seen that clip? Like spectacularly? Oh, he, he was on. It was the opening game of the season, and he was on skates, skating around the arena while singing the anthem. This was like three years ago. What a terrible! So he was skating idea. around, and a spot idea. like a follow spot following. Who wants him. to see a fat person skate? Like, oh. I mean, that's why I don't skate. And you know that carpet they bring out, like when they roll out a carpet, and it's so like he, that so strip he, of so carpet. He, so he tripped on that. Tripped on that, like with a follow spot, like the entire arena was dark. <laughs> I gotta see that. I gotta it's, see that. It's amazing. Oh, but anyway, right after this, yeah, he didn't sing the anthem tonight, and I was wondering if he's still because he seemed to be like that was his peak. Like he was. He was becoming wow. more and more famous, and then that happened. You know, I bet, like, I bet, like, how much money do you think an anthem thing singer in like a Canadian arena makes? Really, like, really, not very much. I like, mean, that's not, this. Like, that's it's not like that's their. Hustle. There's, there's no way that's their job. Like, they get paid probably like per per game. Yeah. So like, let's say it's like it's like five hundred bucks a game or something to sing the anthem, and it's like. Yeah. Like, the, they they have a job like on the side. Well, the guy that make... the guy that used to do it for us was a dentist on the side. He actually sang at my grandma's funeral. It was so crazy that that happened. It was the Oilers anthem singer was singing. Wait, the, the French Canadian guy? Paul Lorio. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good get for your grandma's funeral. Yeah. But nice. it was really crazy because no, I'm he sure was... I'm sure you were really sad to have your grandma had passed, but I'm sure you were also really happy because because he was there. No, I just couldn't figure it out. Like it was really strange being on the same level as him like we were both on the same i wasn't looking down at him 
and he was singing in the classic like anthem singer style like it was it was funny to me like it was it was funny Hmm. and it was awful because i found it funny i was just like oh my gosh like am i the only one who realizes that this is like paul l'oreal from the oilers games i guess it would kind of take away from like the gravity (laughs) gravity of the event uh yeah it totally did yeah it was like this this uh strange sideshow that was also yeah. going on where like Paul L'Oreal was there. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, what was the last thing? What was your question? So the last thing is like, I mean, and this, this is, uh, this is uh take this question extremely seriously. Okay. 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 Like when, when, when Mark Spector goes to the bar, and, I like, imagine gives, like gives a girl the sex eyes. Like, what do you think happens after that? I don't know. He's probably, He's probably successful, like maybe sixty-five percent of the time, which is outrageous. Well, I mean, he probably he probably is someone's. He's a type, right? So there's ladies that probably find Mark Spector attractive. I mean, he, actually, he's probably like one of the more attractive quote unquote, quote unquote dudes out there. Like he's more just... attractive. Fucking, <laughs> let's go down the list. Like all the rest, I guess. Terry Jones. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think these media guys have a lot of pull, right? And they have a lot of access. And I think like access, probably, I don't have a lot of access to any to anything. So I I can't really and I imagine having access to the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton. It's probably like, maybe that's really tough to beat. You know what, they probably get laid all the time. Or or they like have a regular squeeze. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's probably some run-of-the-mill lady that uh, that David Staples is pulling his pants down and sticking it in, like on a semi-regular basis. Possibly, I don't know. I just it's, with a lot of them, I really get that vibe, and like this is a vibe I'm I'm pretty familiar with, having having exuded it for like the first half of my life, as well as witnessed it in many others, where like, it's just like you just you just tell guys that aren't getting laid, you know, and women mm-hmm. too for that matter, you know. There's like a like when someone's undersexed. You can read it on their, you can hear it in their voice. You know, you can read it on their face. You can mm. like, you can kind of like discern it from their choice of words. Right. It's the like slight frustration they seem to feel in insignificant things, <laughs> <laughs> etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You're like, mm. yeah, someone's not getting, yeah, Mister Happy's not happy. Yeah, you, it could be. I mean, I also think that David Staples is just kind of, David Staples is very much a journalist of the venting era of journalism where like you know a, the most the most read piece of writing in the newspaper would be like those little blurbs that was like don't you hate it when you're turning onto Jasper Avenue from the left lane and somebody's crossing and like a million people would read that and it was like the early, the early days of comment section mm. you know like on the internet when like thousands of people would like comment it was the like he's a product of venting journalism. That's why he sucks so much. Like he's made it, his bread and butter is picking out minutia and pointing it out to everybody. Like that's yeah, his, that's so his, true. That's his deal. Well, I mean, like okay, let's let's assume for the sake of argument that I'm interested in minutia. I guess I am in some cases, but like also like he's not an interesting enough person to like be talking about the interesting minutia or commenting no. in an interesting way. Like he's not. Like on on his podcast, uh, I think it was yesterday. He was joking about how like you know discombobulated he was. Like the one time he visited England and had to drive on the other side of the street. Like he's a bumpkin. He's yeah, a bumpkin. well, that's like venting. That's like that's a venting column, right? Like, like 
but to think that like a column of come on like that's not an interesting thing to talk about though like the one time you went to england and had and were freaked out driving on the other side of the road like no holy jesus fuck like i'm really i'm listening to this guy like i still yeah. do of course because there's just not not enough out there man but. yeah he sucks he's definitely so i remember i remember he read like i have this really strange memory it's very distinct of like when the when kid a came out oh yeah that was a very <laughs> that was a very very particular time and i think yeah, yeah 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 right i just remember listening to that album like in the bath and just like feeling like the pure embrace of like teenage loneliness man <laughs> David Staples wrote about that album in the Edmonton Journal in his like his little column, yeah. And he said like that album like made his made him cry. He was like, "I'll never forget." It was like memories of like the year two thousand, like a year David Staples like year in review. And he was like, "I'll never forget the way I felt like listening to Kid A for the very first time and crying." Yeah, I'm not giving him credit for that though. Like, that just means that just means he's got a beating heart. Like, just means he's not dead. Like it's the kind of thing like you can't really give anyone credit for like the musical taste per se. It's like sometimes... no, I'm just saying writing about like feeling the need. I don't know. It just seemed like a really really corny thing to write, especially oh, like as a middle aged man. Yeah, at that time and about that band and about that album and as David Staples in your year end wrap up, just like give me a fucking break. It's the equivalent of like writing a column about how driving on the wrong side of the road in England freaks you out. Like it's the same sort of level of humanity as, mm. as that. Just bullshit. like vapid bullshit. Yeah, vapid bullshit is a good way of putting it. Yeah, you know, like, I sucks. Think I'd really like to very soon, like maybe on like a non-game day, I want us to just like draw up a list of like the Edmonton Oilers commentators and media personalities and then just like start and do like a <laughs> rough ranking of them in terms of like, you know, in descending order of like, what is it, ascending or descending order of like, most full of shit to like least full of shit yeah like, i expect to be bob to be at the top of like I, least shit with a bullet i don't know maybe jack and <sighs> jack's jack's a straight shooter we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a long discussion i think i think i think we're i think we're gonna have to unpack the jack michaels over like the course of like a nice nice juicy 10 15 20 minute conversation because i got complicated feelings about him like i like him but i also completely despise him <laughs> really <laughs> somehow it's a weird yeah, it's a weird combination like i like i like hate so many things he does but like the fact that he's just like a harmless like dork dweeb like he's not really a nerd he's like a dork he's more of a, dork yeah. than a nerd and so i find him like completely like harmless and kind of like not really endearing but more just like he doesn't bother me because he's like, just worried about him you know yeah, well, he's just so kind of clueless as to the nuances of everything, but, like, so enthusiastic about it. Like, right. he totally missed the, the call on that, that, uh, that Yurko, that, the second goal that Yurko set up. He totally dropped Oh, my nice God. Like he totally missed that call because he was, like, talking about some bullshit, like college football or something, you know, like some like, What ridiculous... is with these guys being like, oh, it's the preseason for the commentators as well? It's like, guys, like... How hard is it for you to just like comment on the game that you're watching? Like that's not well, something you need to like need to like that's not rust you got to like shake off in preseason. <laughs> no, and like why wouldn't you want to do that? Like I imagine if you're a commentator, like a sweet goal like that, that's like a gift from God, right? Because you get to you get to show your stuff, you get to like call a goal. 
you don't want to be like, oh, it's Juicy Scores. Like, you don't want to blow it. You know, it's like a missed opportunity. Yeah, man, oh, get get to call a goal in a hockey game. Like, that's a special oh, privilege of life. Especially, like, a tic-tac-toe passing, like, like a bing-bang-bong play. Yeah. Where you just get to, like, I don't know. It'd be so much fun to do that. Oh, man, I would love it. Like, I also feel like I'd be really good at, like, the two main kind of, like, uh, I would, it's not cadence isn't the right word. It's kind of like there's, like, two tones the commentators have for a goal. It's either, like, just completely calm and, like, clinical. Like, yeah. it'll be, like, it'll be, like... Yurko to Russell scores. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Kemp, that. Kemsky to Morrow scores. Scores, <laughs> yeah. scores. And it's like either just that, which is like a zero out of 10, or it's like an 11 out of 10, where it's like scores. Yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, but you can't do that every time. You can really only know. do that for like the big goals. I think of. the 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 uh, the first one you did, like that sort of like. Scores. Yeah, I think that's like a new thing that happened like in the is, late yeah. late '90s, and yeah, that was like a, that sucked. It's a very TSN thing. I feel like. Yeah, it's like so like it's it's almost like cynical and like mm. like sarcastic. It's just kind of bullshit. I don't I don't like it's, it at all. I have no, no time it's, for it's, it because it's not it's not giving the like commensurate like respect to like how awesome it is when a hockey goal is scored. <laughs> It's like, yeah, a, like, it's a miracle. It's like a woman's orgasm. It's like something that should never be, like, the power of which should, like, never be denied. Everybody And, like, everybody else is freaking out, too, right? So, like, the only person not freaking out is the guy that's communicating the information. Like, come on. Like, that's so stupid. The guy that's supposed to be telling the story of the game is going, scores. Like, that's, what are you doing, you know? Yeah. Why? It's not, that's not what's going on at all. Well, it's like, it's like you don't have enough. You don't have enough creativity or like imagination. You're just deciding to go with something like safe. It's like the safe choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of bullshit. 